Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. Today, we have a special guest with us, somebody that's been in the real estate space for a good amount of time now that is doing, I mean, once he he just shared with me his rap sheet, it is aggressively overwhelming. He's doing almost everything in real estate right now. But what is very unique that we are going to cover today is going to be Deferred Sales Trust. Now, nobody's talking about this. I personally don't even understand it, the concept, but we're going to learn today first here and foremost. But Brett is in Sacramento area for, for California, commercial real estate, opportunity zones. I mean, we can go down the list of all the different things this guy can cover with us. So a wealth of knowledge. I'm excited to welcome Brett with us today. How are you today, man? Hey, Brandon, I'm doing so, so well. I'm grateful to be here. And it's another beautiful day here in Taxifornia. And yeah. uh, we are ready to rock and roll, man. Yeah, man. So anybody out there that doesn't know exactly your situation, who you are, where you're from, do you mind just diving in that 30,000 foot view for us to get a better understanding of you? Absolutely. Yeah, I grew up in the Bay Area originally with my parents, mom and dad, and my brother building homes, mostly in Silicon Valley, East Bay. This is the MC Hammer days. We would have the Bobcat, we would hammer nails, we'd put up drywall. And so we fell in love with real estate, the sticks and bricks at a very young age, understanding construction and development. And also some of the cash flow games. My parents built a lot of wealth there, mm. but it wasn't always rosy because they, you know, unfortunately got a divorce and we went from making it, had a lot of money and a lot of wealth with both family to next to nothing with my mom. And let's just say the child support wasn't paid as, as diligently as it should have been. And so we learned at a young age that we wanted to be successful, my brother and I. We wanted to be able to achieve some of the dreams of being the first to graduate from college. He was the first, I was the second for both sides of the family and as well, played some sports growing up and then fell in love with real estate in another way. I had a chance to study and practice multifamily investment real estate at a place called Marcus and Millichap. Mm. So I started as an internship there, went into a full-time as an apartment broker agent at the time. This is at 2006. And as you know, Brandon... We at times are in momentum and think we catch to catch the wave at the right time. But guess what can happen? The 08 crisis happened. And I went from making a little bit of money to like nothing overnight, 100% commission. And so my wife and I, brand new baby at the time, you know, living with my brother in a small condo, just trying to make ends meet. It was a really, really hard financial struggle. But I did what every good entrepreneur or real estate wannabe does. You get a side hustle. And my side hustle was Cheesecake Factory. And so 70 hour weeks, nights and weekends. I'd work at Marcus and Millichap, making cold calls, negotiating with banks, really understanding what went wrong with the 2008 crash, right? Mm. And essentially, kept the lights on over there. And so that began the journey of, you know, how do we help clients who are going through a similar financial struggle, which was essentially, they had lost everything or half due partly because of too much debt, not enough liquidity, and not enough diversification, partly because they were overpaying for properties via the 1031 exchange when they knew they were overpaying, but they felt they had no other way out. They felt trapped by the capital gains tax, right? And our parents taught us, Brandon, to sell high and buy low. They didn't teach us to sell high and overpay for a property 180 days later. And too often, that's what was happening, especially in California with high appreciation. And so fast forward, I learned about this strategy called a deferred sales trust. 
This is about 2009. And like most people thought it was too good to be true. We thought we were the Navy sales of investment real estate. We thought <laughs> yeah. we had figured it all out, yeah. but we hadn't, right? And, and so we started to study and practice this strategy. And as we did, things started to grow. And so my business started to grow. My wife was able to stay home full-time with her kids. I retired from the Cheesecake Factory. And so now this is what, 2022? I just train and coach people how to do this and, and actually help them overcome the false belief that this is too good to be true. And then we form the trustee services for this as well. And then we help people do a bunch of deals. So that's the, kind of the full story. I love it. I love it, man. So when it comes down to deferred sales trust, what the heck is that? It's totally different than a 1031 exchange, correct? Yeah, yeah some similarities, but it's, okay. first of all, the foundation is very important to understand. It's a separate tax code, right? So we have tax codes that IRC 1031 is a tax code. IRC 453 is a tax code. And so the installment sales based upon 453, which is the foundation for deferred sales trust. Okay. So it has a different set of rules, just like IRC 401k, right? These are, these are different rules. These are tax incentives for us to basically be able to defer tax, right? So a deferred sales trust is simply an installment sale, Brandon, a seller carryback, basically combined with a trust. Now there's thousands of different trusts, right? You have a, what's called probably a living trust. My wife and I with our five kids have a living trust. And you know, that has to do with probate and basically where my assets go should her and I pass away. But this is a particular, this is a completely different trust. It's a business trust, but we partner with an installment sale. And basically what happens, Brandon, is it jumps in right in between you and the seller. Mm. So in fact, we just, you're in San Diego. We just did a $13 million deal in San Diego. And these were four individual developers. They developed a car wash. Okay. And they basically, and by the way, I went to Point Loma and my wife went to San Diego State and we would go to these taco stands and it's the best taco burritos you've ever had. California burritos. They're amazing. We still think that San Diego State right there, this place, oh, it's like a gas station right behind it. They have the best sauce. That's another story. But the yeah. point is, these guys took a taco stand and they said, hey, Mr. Taco Stand guy, we're going to put you inside of the car wash and we're going to develop this car wash and it's going to bring you twice as much business. Anyways, it went from land from about $4 million of the basis and they had a $13 million exit. Mm. Okay. And this happened about a year ago and they called me up and they're like, Brett, we just found you on YouTube. Man, we're not going to do a 1031 for a number of reasons, right? We want to go back and develop more deals. We don't want to buy a $13 million car wash. We actually want to buy land at about a million, develop it for three, and then sell it for 13. And so the whole 1031 doesn't even make sense for us on that front. Yep. Number two, we want a partner that wants to get out, right? But the whole partnership must move typically in a 1031. So you go, that doesn't work on that front. But yep. if you're telling me what is true, we have 40% in tax, millions in tax. Are you telling me we can defer the tax and each of us have our separate trust and essentially do what we want? You know? Yeah. Well, how does that work, Brett? Well, you know, who wants to do the trust? Well, three of them raised their hand and that we formed a trust for each of the three. Okay. And then we inserted the trust into the document and essentially says that you're going to assign your rights or your interest to the trust in exchange for a promissory note. Yeah. So they found the $13 million buyer. So watch this, Brandon. If they have a $13 million buyer and they receive no cash at closing, how much tax is triggered? At the time of closing, the answer is none. Yeah. It's in a deferral state. Okay. Sure. And now the one partner who took his cash, he paid his tax, he's gone. The other three have it in a deferral state. So they exchange it for a promissory note. And this is where the magic begins. And we've been taught an installment sale, Brandon, but most people don't know the, the elegance and the beauty of it with the trust. Okay. And so fast forward, these funds are diversified, they're liquid. Some <laughs> of them are in the stock market, some of them are in the bank. But most of them, they're waiting patiently. And this is the best part for the real estate people that I love and dearly that are listening to this. Sell high and buy low. Guess what they're going to do? They've been waiting. 
Yeah. Now it's all happening right now. And the values are starting to shift and interest rates obviously have gone up. Now they're going to buy land at a discount. They're going to buy car washes at a discount. They're going to invest into real estate perhaps at a discount. And they're going to make more money versus just throwing it at 1031. And who knows where they'd be at this point. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, it does. So deferred taxes, and this is through a business trust, correct? Correct. Okay. Now with the deferred taxes, when is this getting deferred till? Is this once you pass and the trust goes to family members or? The answer is when you start receiving payments from the trust. Okay. Gotcha. So which creates the next question, well, how long can you delay for? Well, yeah. we typically like to say a couple years and then you need to start taking interest only payments or a portion of the interest. So a lot of my clients, we'll talk about another deal. We just did a, a $29 million deal in Texas. And for that particular client, he's uh, early 40s, mid 40s. He's sure. making a very high income. And so he's actually delaying payments for a couple years and letting it compound like an IRA. Yep. All of the interest, all of the earnings, just build, build, build. And then he'll start taking distributions slowly. Now, as he receives that ordinary income tax, he gets a 1099 for that. Yep. If he dips into principal, it'll be cap gains tax, right? But there's also some tax engineering we can do there too. We could yep. say, hey, do you have any losses? He goes, yeah, I have a $2 million loss in mean, two years from now. Okay, great. Why don't we line up and pull out $2 million from the trust in the same year that you have that loss? And let's let that wash away, right? In the meantime, the trust is basically building and growing in a tax-deferred state, kind of like an IRA. All sure. of the earnings and interest typically are not taxed at the trust level because it's able to expense what it owes to the note holder. That's basically what they became. And so these are all the nuances that we work with people to, to make it make sense. So this is a lot of tax strategy and planning at the end of the day. That's, that's what you guys focus on. So you're absolutely right, Brandon. I'm going to tell your listeners and you right now, it's no longer about cash flow. Yeah. Now, now it's always about cash flow, okay? Of course, yeah. But it's about tax flow. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once you start making a ton of money, then it's like, shit, how do I save this money? And, and I'm learning that the hard way the last couple of years by having to pay a, a ton, you know, and very, I feel like disrespectful amounts in California, right? So right now we're doing a lot of tax planning strategy. We're doing a cost segregation right now where I'm going to save a million dollars on my taxes this year, which I'm so thankful for and taking advantage of the bonus and so forth. And I've never been necessarily interested in the 1031 just because it doesn't always align with what you're trying to do, right? Especially with the market changing and you know the new opportunities that are coming up right in front of our faces a lot, lot more, but I bet you it's going to be increasing a ton the next 6, 12, 18 months, right? So the savvy investors, like you said, they're sitting on the sidelines, they're prepared and they're ready. Now, who is this tax code for really? So, and it's tax code 453, correct? For the deferred correct. sales trust? Absolutely. So who is it for? Okay. Anyone who's selling a highly appreciated asset of any kind that has at yeah. least a million dollar net proceeds and a million dollar gain. So we do have a minimum. Got to be a million dollar proceeds, million dollar gain. And when I say any kind, I literally mean any kind. And I'll give you a couple of deal stories for this. A client of ours, she was in the Silicon Valley working for a big tech company. And she bought this thing called Bitcoin many, many, many years ago. Yeah, for yeah. For about 50K, she put in her for a couple of years and everyone thought she, she was crazy, never going to work. What is this thing? Well, guess where that 50,000 went to? It went to $50 million. Okay. And so, so about a year ago, a year and a half ago, she calls us and says, Brad, I've never sold. And here's why. A, I don't have a great place to put it where she was at. But number two, I have a huge tax. Like it's a couple million bucks just on a five billion that she wanted to exit. 
She goes, she found me on YouTube on a podcast. If this is true, I'd like to do it. And so we were able to exit at 54,000 a coin. She got out. Now of the 5 million, she deferred all the tax. Now four of the 5 million went to a business venture, which was great because it was a startup company, uh, educational, kind of like a Khan Academy online, her and her former college roommate. That was her dream. And she was able to retire from the big corporate W2 tech job and start her dream, which is the transformation this provides. And I want to make sure you those dots. It's not just the tax flow and the tax savings and the dollars, right? It's actually what can it unlock for you to do? And that's part of our, like, our 10 freedoms the DST gives to you. And one of our number one values here at Capital Gains Tax Solutions is giving entrepreneurial freedom. Yeah. Right? And entrepreneurial freedom means the capital that you would have paid to the government can fund, we call it the go fund yourself, your next business venture. We had another client who sold a $2.6 million business and he funded his next multifamily development business, 70 units in Tennessee, mm. right? And on and on and on it goes where the trust can become a silent partner with you in that next deal. Yep. Instead of getting the bank loans at let's say six, 7% right now, yep. instead of having to raise capital, you're using the funds that you would have paid to the government. And the government's happy to do that too, right? Because it, it actually, as long as it's business purpose and investment purpose. So to kind of finish the answer to the question, as long as the funds are going to go into investment, like as long as you don't need to, to spend it all right now on your personal home or your personal consumption. And if you do, take that distribution and pay your tax on that. Mm-hmm. But as long as it's putting into other business ventures, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, hard money lending, yep. real estate development, passive or active, you're good. It also works for primary homes. Really important. The 1031 does not work for primary homes. We just did an $8 million primary home in Palo Alto mm. for a gentleman whose six kids were gone. And he was the number one real estate agent in all of Palo Alto for 30 years. And he's like, Brett, this seems too good to be true. All the stuff you're thinking right now. He had a year-long CPA due diligence and he did it for his own house, moved to Nevada. And he wouldn't be able to sell his house if it wasn't for this because he had so much tax, right? Mm. It also works for businesses, right? Businesses, really important. 1031 does not work for businesses. Sure. It works for public or private stock, NFTs, artwork, collectibles. But the big vision is how do you help people not only defer the tax, but invest it with people like Brandon, right? Who are doing deals, right? And syndications and diversify and get a cash flow from something that perhaps was stuck because of the tax. I love that. And then, I mean, you could really, I'm sure this could get super complicated and it doesn't need to be, but you could probably get very savvy that even with your distributions, you could put it through either another trust or just a holding company that starts funneling down and, and really start mitigating a lot of the natural taxes that you potentially would pay, correct? Well, good question. So what we like to do for every dollar of, of let's say, a cost seg depreciation on a multifamily deal that typically depreciates at 27 and a half years, we're going to accelerate those into these five, seven, 15, two-year chunks. And then we're going to do bonus depreciate it maybe in year one or two. For the cost that, seg. Yeah, with cost seg. With that aspect, we're going to hopefully have a dollar, Brandon, for your, uh, lined up on this side of the loss side for every dollar you're pulling out. And ideally, each dollar is being pulled out is being washed away. Yeah, And so it's it's all just like if we started an LLC tomorrow, Brandon, and bought a 200 unit apartment in Point Loma, yeah. and we did a cost seg study on it, like all of a sudden we have that loss and that carry forward loss might carry forward to the next year. And so so that's the tax flow game. I actually look at it like in a Rubik's cube, right? All of us have a little bit different scenario. And our goal is to work with the best, and I do mean the best, tax attorneys, CPAs, and I'm not one of those either, by the way. Yeah, I'm a commercial real estate broker, syndicator, op- an investor, and then trustee for the deferred sales trust. But we're going to move this thing around to try to line up as best we can what you're trying to achieve, right? 
Yep. Now I'm not like one of those speed guys, but my daughter can do this pretty good. Where they can get all the colors on the same side. I love the it. The goal is to like see how do we get your brain. What are you trying to do with your life, right? With yeah. your business life. With your you're trying to retire. You're trying to be an entrepreneur. You're trying to diversify. You're trying to get your powder dry. Are you trying to get maybe a little bit lower tax income, income tax? Are you trying to eliminate estate tax? Like we're doing a deal right now. It's a $55 million deal in Florida. And it's a brother, sister selling an agriculture company, no basis. Mm. Well, guess what? They have an estate tax challenge because estate tax has nothing to do with the stepped up basis. Sure. And so we're going to come in and we're help them exit, but move the funds outside their taxable estate without having to buy a bunch of life insurance, give it all away to charity or have a bunch of kids to try to gift it away. Yeah. So all of these things have to do with what they're trying to achieve. And then when we get together, that's the power of this, Brandon. And we move and the brain trust together. And all of a sudden, we're going to try to line it up so it makes sense for everybody. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I love that. So this is for anybody that is getting a million dollars plus in overall proceeds or, or gains from a sale or, or just anything in their business in general. So once they have that type of income and they are potentially about to pay taxes on that, like they definitely want to be linking up with you and making sure that they set up their business trust the proper way. Now, little nuance, have, little, little nuance real fast. So yeah. they don't have to be making a million dollars, just the asset they're selling. And this is actually a common misconception because okay. people think, oh, I'm only making 150 or 75,000. But if you're selling your business for 3 million, guess what, yeah. how you're going to be characterized. And that year you're selling, it's going to be that 3 million. Oh yeah. So they look at the tax rates and they don't think they're in the 20% for federal or the 13.3 for state of California. Right. So basically, California, give you an example 20% federal, 13.3 California, 3.8 Obamacare tax. You're looking at 37% minimum. Then you add depreciation recapture, it can be as high as 40, 45%. So we like to say it's between 25% and basically 50% of your gain is going to be wiped out by capital gains tax and depreciation recapture, mm. depending on the state you're in. So first of all, understand the problem, right? Now we do no cost analysis and consultations for all of this, by the way. We only charge if you close. But the point is you want to make sure you have a clarity on that. Now you need to have a, the asset you're selling needs to have a million dollar gain and it needs to have a million dollar net proceeds unless you have two at 500 each that you can combine into one. And you say, why, Brett? Well, this it, it can be costly, right? We can go through yeah. the fees if you want. But basically, you need to have a good return on your investment, and it, it needs to be able to sustain itself with the tax deferral. In other words, there needs to be enough gain to have enough pain. Sure. Enough. It's kind of like scaling. Like you wouldn't want to buy a duplex. You're like, I'm going to go buy 70 units, right? And you want to be able to scale that. Mm -hmm. I love that. So talk to me about the trust. What locations are you typically sending these in? Nevada, I assume, or... Nevada is our favorite, right? For a um, number of reasons. Yeah. So that's one of the best ones. Okay. I love it. And then time frame wise, as far as setting up one of these. Yeah, we've done deals in a week, but no one wants to work under yeah. that pressure and that fire drill. But here's the key. You need to have, if it's a sale other than real estate, that's uh, investment real estate, you have to have everything set up prior to the close right. of escrow, but yep. also prior to the buyer removing all contingencies. Important to understand that, okay? Mm. Yeah. So we've done deals really quickly. We have a whole team, transaction coordination team. But so that's key. Number two, if you say, well, Brett, I'm already past that. Well, if you have investment real estate, you're in good hands. If you work with our strategic alliance, who's the qualified intermediary, 1031 exchange company that will allow, because guess what, Brandon, not every QI company wants you to know about this. They want to keep you in Blockbuster. 
Course. Not every real estate agent wants to keep, knows you about this. They want to keep you in Blockbuster or they just don't even know, right? They don't so know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just what it comes down to. It's like, you don't yeah. know what you don't know, unfortunately. You don't know. You haven't executed it. So of course, they're not going to be comfortable because they're not doing yeah. it every single day like us, right? Yeah. So work with us to get all that lined up. Now, the last one would be, so day 46, if we, we can basically save a failing 1031, or if you're with a qualified intermediary now, we can save that if they will accommodate, you know, so get with us, but really pre-plan. Pre-plan. Like if you're even thinking about selling, like come talk to us because we want to make sure that you have a game plan. We always say plan the exit plan before you actually list and sell the asset. Please. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, don't be one of those crazy people that you're doing this backwards here and you know, trying to make things work when you are at the the final quarter here, right? You want to really set yourself up for success in the beginning. So if you have some amazing assets right now, if you have some exit strategies, some plans that you are considering in the near future or anytime in the next couple of years. It's like, prepare that now, get set up for success. Talk to me about the fees related to this. And time frame wise, roughly, I'm assuming about 60, 90 days is the comfortableness of what you guys like to deal with. Yeah, we're really busy right now, right? So okay. everyone's trying to get out right now. So yeah, ideally at least 30 days prior to, but I would say if you're even thinking about it, just get with us, right? We have deals that we're, we're pre-planning to sell years in advance to, because yeah. of the complexity and how big they are. And that's, by the way, we charge no cost, no obligation. We only charge at the close of escrow when we deliver. So if the buyer doesn't perform or you decide not to do it, hey, no hard feelings, like there's no, there's no charge. Number two, lifetime audit defense, okay? Really, really important that whoever's providing these advanced tax exit strategies have a perfect track record, have the audit defense built in in case who's going to pay for that. So sure. <clears throat> our business partners, that's what they provide. They're the brain surgeons. They provide the lifetime audit defense and they have a perfect track record over 20 no change IRS audits, thousands of closes, 26 year track record, every single state you can think of. It's literally perfect. Okay. So they charge basically 1.5% of the gross sales price as a one-time charge. Okay. And one on anything that's a million and below. And then as, as soon as it goes above a million, the next million would be 1.25. So 1.5 on the first million and then 1.25 on whatever's above that, right? And then if you do multiple transactions, you can roll it into one trust. And once you get above a million, you only ever pay 1.25. So you're only ever paying 1.5 on the first million. So that's theirs, lifetime audit defense. They're worth every single penny. It's amazing. Number two would be us as the trustee working with a third-party financial advisor. It's part of the roles here. We have transparency and accountability by having separate entities and we work with financial advisors out there. Now, I'm not a big financial advisor guy, Brandon, in regards to like stocks, bonds, mutual funds. I'm actually real estate's my love. Yeah. But it's also have good to have multiple perspectives on your wealth plan. So of as course. a part of this, and some people, by the way, I had one client, his name is Chuck. He's 70. He's like, Brett, I don't want any real estate ever again. I've been doing this for 30 years. The amount of calls I would get, his comfort was to just put me in the top 500 companies in the world. And if those fail, you know, whatever, right? He was fine with that. And so he sold his Tucson multifamily property for 2.5 million, moved into the trust, and now he's in the top 500 companies in the world and he's totally happy. So we can put it all into the stock market. We can put it a mix between real estate, passive yeah. or active. So, but the point is, it's about one and a half to 2% on the management of the money. And that includes the financial advisor, it includes the trustee, and it includes like a compliance, right? So collectively, for every million, it's about fifteen to 20000 on a recurring basis. Now, our goal is to typically structure these notes at 8% net of the recurring fees. Sure. So that means we're going to try to earn 9.5 to 10 over any 10-year period. Every 10 years, you can renew for 10 years. Kids can step into your shoes. Okay. Not yeah. a promise, not a guarantee, but that's the goal. 
And that's if you're passive in just 100% passive. If you're active, you can also get more of the upside. And we can, we can talk about that too, if you'd like. But those are essentially the fees. You pay for a tax return fee. But our goal is to like, you go, well, I would have paid two or three, 400,000 of tax. Let's use the government's money. Yeah. Plus your other 600, let's say it was a million bucks, right? And let's go out, earn the fees and earn some more. And that's why we have those minimums. I love it. And so the recurring aspect on that, how often is that annual? It's just once a year, yeah, on the recurring part. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so do people need to set up multiple of these as they grow their success and they exit their businesses? It all depends. So there's one that's called a DST 1.0. It's typically reserved for 5 million and below assets that are being sold. Unless you're a married couple, then it could be 10 million and below each year. Sure. And you could, you could have one of those and you'd be selling one to $3 million deals all day yeah. long and you're rolling it into that and you have lots of flexibility. Now, as soon as your net worth, Brandon, goes above essentially at this point, really 12 million married because in 2025, it's set to cut in half from the exclusion of 24 million. So you're in a state tax world. You don't even have a capital. I mean, you have a capital gains tax problem, but that's just the tiger by the tail. Sure. The elephant in the room is this estate tax, right? It's huge. And they're going to eliminate your wealth above those amounts by 40%. So let's say you're worth a billion dollars right now. And you're like, oh, I got that stepped up basis if I die. My kids are cool, right? Yeah. Well, it's cool for the cap gains tax, but for the estate tax, the government's going to say, oh, we want 40%. Oh, yeah. Pay up. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Yeah. So think about this, right? Aggressive. So what we, can, what we can do with the DST 2.0, right, is we, upon the sale, you need to sell the asset. It needs to be a fair market value. It needs to be a third-party buyer. It's legitimately got to be sold before you die. Yeah. Okay. But upon the sale, we change the characteristic and without getting into NDA type of territory here, it eliminates the estate tax, mm. which your brain explodes oh, again. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah, How? yeah. You're like, okay, great. Sign the NDAs, bring your CPAs, please. Okay. And ask all your questions. I can tell you, we were answering them. We'll go through them. We have the audits. We have it all here. We can do it. Right. In fact, by one of my business partners, I think he's the Elon Musk tax and CPAs. He's that, he's a genius. Like he's yeah. that smart. The best and, in that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's proprietary. It's protected. We don't sure. just give this stuff out. So that's what I would encourage you to come. That's also we work on a conditional basis. Yeah. Show up, bring all the top smart people you work with. I tell you, we're really friendly and we're open, but sign the NDAs and then we'll get on there and we'll walk through it with you. I love it, man. This is mind blowing to me. I, I haven't heard of this thus far, but talk to me like, what are the downsides? So like, is there anything that somebody should be mindful of, concerned, you know, bring up? Because I'll definitely be talking to my trust lawyer after this to see, you know, and he always, after I talk to somebody, he always gives me like, well, did you think about this? And I'm like, dang, this is why, you know, he's a lawyer, right? But, but I'm curious because I'll come back to you guys and see what's up. Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, first of all, attorneys get paid. They actually, yeah. they actually score higher inside of their testing to find problems, right? Of and course. it's actually a good thing to protect people, right? And so the CPA tax attorney who created this, he goes, he has two law degrees. He used to work for Arthur Anderson. He always says before the Enron days, but he's also a CPA. And CPAs are actually taught to, you know, report on what actually happened, but also do like some planning. And so he always makes fun of both sides. But the point is the biggest thing that people have to help themselves with what they're hearing right now is it seems too good to be true. Mm. It seems like my really smart person, like even you said, I got to go check with my trust attorney who you have that no like and trust with, who's helped you get from zero to 1 million, zero to 10 million, 10 to 50 million, whatever it is, he's helped you every step of the way. And so the emotional and the connection, it's kind of like a general practitioner, the guy who's been all your blood work, he's been giving you flu shots, 
And man, he's just, he's just, he's the family practitioner. Now, if you had an ACL surgery, by the way, I blew my knee out. I went to Point Loma for a year, played basketball down there. And then right after I left there in Mesa Junior College, I came up to Sacramento, signed a scholarship, was all pumped up. I blew my ACL out. So I go to the doctor and the guy, he does that little knee test. Have you ever seen this before where they grab yeah. your knee and they go, you know, and they kind of, and they kind of listen, I don't, you know, you're just like hoping that they say you don't have an ACL blown. It's like, oh, you're, yeah, your ACL is still there. You're good. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm like, oh, well, I'm great. Cause I'm going to come back for the season. You know, I got my scholarship. I'm all pumped. I go home. My brother says, Brett, we had a friend, exact same thing happened. She didn't get the MRI and she came back too early and she completely ruined her whole career. He goes, go back to the doctor and ask him for that MRI. And so I said, okay. I went back to the doctor and he's like, I mean, he was so like, you're wasting um, your time. I'm yeah. writing this up. This is a waste of money and time. Go down there, blah, 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 blah. He was so confident in what he, he thought was true. Two weeks later, we get that MRI back. He's like, yeah, your ACL is completely ruptured. You need, you know, you have season ending surgery. And it was like devastating, right? And I, I learned from that to say that there's times that people think they know, yeah. but until they check, they really don't. You can't blame them. They're convinced that they know the right way to do it. But on our side, we've proven it like thousands of times, tens of thousands of tax returns, all of these things. And so that too good to be true, you really got to encourage your attorney and I still bring them in, but bring them in for the ride, but don't rely on them to necessarily say yes or no per se yeah, right course. away. Bring them in to ask the questions with you. And I'll give you one deal story to help you with this as well. There's a guy named David Young, write that name down, David Young. Now, David he ran with a guy named Bill Gross. And for the commercial real estate people, you know, Brandon, and if you're his people of real estate, you're my people too. We don't necessarily know these names. We know more people like, you know, a Mark Cuban, right? Yeah. Or like a Warren, or even like a Warren Buffett or these big time real estate people. Well, David Young and Bill Gross are basically for the financial world, like the Mark Cubans are for like the real estate entrepreneurial world. Well, they, they built a company called Pimpco from 80 billion to 1.2 trillion. They did this for 20 years. And they're some of the best wealth advisors in the world. They're the mm. world class. Well, they all retire, get a big payday. And then they form a group out of Southern California. And five of the guys from Pimpco build a company. And five years ago, they get approached with the Deferred Sales Trust. And like us, Brandon, they hear it for the first time. They're like, this sounds too good to be true. We would already have known about this. We've been, we were the best in the world. But if it's true, this is a game changer. And yeah. so they did a two-year due diligence on the structure, the strategy, everything. and came through with two conclusions. Number one, the creator of it, who I was saying, he's like the Elon Musk of TAC. That might be the smartest person we've ever met. Number two, we're all in. We'll put our name on it. We're part of the DST inner circle and we'll provide financial advising services for clients. And so I always say to the skeptics and the people that are going to you know, say, oh, it sounds too good to be true. Well, if it's good enough for David Youngbrin and his yeah. legal team for two years of due diligence... And yep. they're some of the best in the world at what they do. Is it good enough for Brandon and Brett and whoever else might be a skeptic? Doesn't mean you just completely just blindly just accept it. No, but come in with an open mind. Yeah. Come in with an open like thought about this and let's methodically go through it. And then if it's real and it is real, then go all in, right? Don't hold back, go all in. And that's just why I'm so passionate about this. And I'm trying to make it a household name for people. And because if they just get it, it changes everything. Yeah. I mean, if you just get the education out there, right? If you get the no factor, because so many people, like we said, like they just don't know what they don't know. And that's a big key component right there. If we can start teaching the world about financial literacy, then it's not just the rich, you know, the one percenters game. It's literally free game to everybody that when you get your wealth, this is something mandatory to be able to preserve your wealth. 
not just hand over all the money to the government that obviously doesn't know how to manage it properly to begin with, right? If you're a good steward of your money and this is only for those individuals anyway, then you know you want to keep as much of it in in house so that you can keep compounding it and putting it to work. Amen. So, you know, besides the skeptic people that are going to need to triple check or or think it's too good to be true, right? Is there anything that somebody should be aware of or that simply it wouldn't be a potential good fit with their planning? Have you ever yeah. seen that across the board? Yeah, and we'll say no to people commonly, right? And yeah. or we'll give them, we'll tell them to do a 1031 or do an opportunity zone or do a charitable remainder trust, right? Or do cost seg. In fact, we're always looking for ways for them not to use us, right? Because it's a long-term thing, right? It's not a, you know, oh, I just did a, I just listed and sold my property and did a quick qualified intermediary for 45 or 180 days and I'm moving on, right? Yeah. Like it's, I'm the trustee, right? So they've got to get comfortable with me, right? That's the, one of the biggest things. Do they know I can trust me? Part of it, I'm separate third party from them. So the fact that they don't know me, and it's part of kind of why I like it. I grew up in sports. It's like the fourth quarter, 10 seconds to go. And we've got the ability to change someone's life and to come in and help, really help them and serve them, service them at a high level. Yeah. It's not just me. Financial advisor, CPA, it's not like I'm by myself. We have separate entities to keep it all protected, ways to keep it protected, transparency with how the funds are moved, transparency for how they're invested. They never move without the client's signature or approval. So once they understand that they're not just like unilaterally giving up control to me, the trustee, they have what's called indirect control. However, they also need to know that as a trustee, part of my role is to approve of the investments, right? To make sure that we're working together on this. So they can't just unilaterally make the decision. In other words, they don't own the trust because if they did, they just sold it to themselves and it wouldn't work. Mm. But by the way, you don't own a qualified intermediary company either. If you think about it, you don't own the IRA company you're sending the funds to. Yep. Right. But when it's multiple millions of dollars, when it's a 50, 100 million, 10 million, $1 million deal, like this is it. We can't mess that up. So that's part of it. Part it's of controlling that's getting, it, not, you know, the control is, is what you is important. It's indirect here. control, right? Yes. It's not unilateral control. Yes. Right. So what you got to understand that that nature of and why that's even the case. But again, we have all these guardrails in place. You, we can have and I don't mean to cut you off, but do you mind just explaining to the listeners? Because I feel like not everybody will truly understand that concept of the control piece yeah. here. Yeah. If you had 10 million in the bank right now, you could walk in and say, Hey, Mr. Banker, I am who I am. Give yeah. me the 10 million. And they just send it to you, right? And, and in a scenario where someone's a trustee, and this is my role as a trustee. And there is basically another entity that has certain things going on. We've got to follow those rules and those protocols. By the way, same thing with a qualified intermediary. You send 10 million to a qualified intermediary. You can't just walk in and say, I want my 10 million back. No, they're going to say, no, you have the 45 days and the 180. There's different things and protocols they have to follow per the IRS guidelines, right? Mm -hmm. So you're giving up that control for that period of time. In this scenario, you're giving up that control for a period of time. But think of it like a long-term 1031 company that just kind of keeps going. Yeah. But as the interest accrues, it's owed to you. But we help people overcome this by a couple of ways. The funds will never move without their approval. Yes. So that's the first way. So you go, okay, never move my approval. Good. Number two, we have like in the Bernie Madoff thing, like he had everything in house. Like he was holding the funds. He had all these books and files. He's creating all the statements. That's what people ask. Like, well, how do we know it's not going to go like a Bernie Madoff? Well, we have TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, it's the biggest institution, third-party financial advisors. We also have a third-party like uh, tax preparer who does all the tax returns for the trust, third-party tax legal law firm, third-party banks, like a lot. There's a lot of people that all have to be in cahoots to do all this stuff. But number two, sure. you can form an LLC the next day, Brandon, and up to 80% of the funds can go back into your real estate venture mm -hmm. or back into your syndication or back into other deals that you want to yeah. do. While you're running that LLC, 
in partnership with the trust. And that's, that's one of the most common for our clients. And so once they actually get that, then they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yes. Well, we got to play by the rules. Okay, cool. So does that answer that question about the indirect control versus control? No, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, you answered it to the T and especially like if you're ever getting sued or anything, you don't want to be in control of that. You want to talk to your lawyer, let them know exactly like, Hey, this is my legal situation that I'm in right now. And then just because you control it, you know, the trustee will actually deny those funds being released and that will help out for protection purposes as well. That's actually on your your benefits, asset protection is what you're referring to, right? And so, so someone can't sue you for what you don't own. Yep. So because you don't own the trust, that's actually a good thing. They can't get to that. Now, yes. could they get to the income that it's producing and that's paying you? Yeah, because sure. they could go to judgment for that. Yep. So, but but that's, that has some inherent estate, estate tax elimination, but also asset protections along the way. So that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love it. Brett, this is incredible. I've never actually deep dive into this before today. I, I had no idea. How did you come about this? How did you learn it, you know, and become an expert in this space? I always say I started at the bottom. You see me here now, but realize if you have a dream and you have a passion and you have a belief in something that a lot of people don't think is too good to be true or we're never going to make it or all those things. Sure. You got to realize that we all started from that point, right? And that's where I was. I literally was flat on my back in my mentor's office at Marcus and Milchap in Sacramento, California, and like literally bawling because all the stress and pressure of the economy, of my marriage, of our baby on the way. And it was devastating because I was failing financially, right? But I was so passionate about real estate and, and, and achieving success in the business that I was open-minded enough to say, if something is available to help my clients not have to go through the, any kind of pain that I'm feeling right now, they oh, were yeah. losing millions. At least I was still just barely out of college. Like, you know, I had some student loan a little bit and, but like, I was like, this is devastating. So if I could help them not lose everything they created, and it was a way to help me grow my business and add value, I was open-minded enough to actually explore. So that's the first thing I was open-minded enough. But guess what? There was 30 other guys in that same office at Marcus and Millichap when he brought in my business partner to speak on the Deferred Sales Trust. And we all had the same opportunity to take that idea and study it and practice it, right? So if there's an idea that you're looking at, you can study and practice, that's the key. And that began the 10,000 hours of being to the point where I could share all the stuff I just shared with you, yeah. which sets conviction because I saw deal after deal after deal close. So that's what I would say. Get around those who have A, bigger ideas, B, have something that actually going to solve something in a transformational way. Don't spend time on stuff that's not going to be transformational for yourself or for your family and for your clients. And when you can combine those things, oh, then yeah. it just becomes an opportunity absorbing and being coachable. So I would just sit on these calls and just absorb it. And it's like I was watching the brain surgeon put people back together and I would just watch over and over and over again. And guess what, Brandon, if you had 10,000 hours of watching it, I'm not, there's nothing special about it. I just yeah. absorbed it and would think about it. Now, you know, writing the book with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, I'll plug the book real fast, right? He's going to be in the book. And with some of the really smart commercial real estate operators, financial advisors that's coming out, building a tax deferred extra strategy. Now it's here. So I would just say that was the beginning. And it was all the blood, sweat, and tears of people laughing. I mean, I had people in my office, they, and they, they probably still will. They still might. Marcus and Milchap, one guy, he's like, he's like 50. He's been in the business for, he'd make like a couple million a year in brokerage. Mm-hmm. He would laugh. He, would, he was a friend of mine. He was like a mentor. He'd go, Brent, what are you doing? That deferred sales strategy is never going to work. That's what are you thinking? You know, you're still talking about that thing. I, he, he, was, he would laugh. I'm like, he goes I'm like, on and I'm on. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Peter, man. I'm like, I think it's the future. I really believe it's the future. Oh, well, call me when you close some deals. Oh, ha, ha. 
you know, and now we're on this side of things, right? Where we're closing about a deal a week and we're doing these huge deals across the country and we're, we're changing, we're hopefully changing the real estate industry forever, right? Well, you're making the impact. You're, you're helping out. It's not just the individual you're helping, but their family and their generational wealth right there, which is, and getting the word out there, which is most important, you know? Can I tell you one other piece of that too, which is, is so, you nailed it right there. Our parents, if your parents are baby boomers, mine are, right? 32 mm-hmm. trillion, I imagine they are. trillion is going to pass from that generation to us, Brandon, in the next 20 years. And this is known as the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet. Wow. Think about that. In the history of the planet, there's never been more wealth transferred in one like couple generations. Now, guess where 50% of that $32 trillion, especially in America, is? Hmm. High-end primary homes, businesses, and commercial real estate. Yep. And guess what's happened over the last 30 years? The highest appreciation of those assets probably in the history that we know of. So it's not only an opportunity, it's actually our responsibility. Oh yeah. To give them an opportunity to exit, retire, diversify and defer or uh, the capital gains tax, eliminate the estate tax because guess, guess guess Brandon like you said it earlier, this 32 trillion is either going to be in the hands of the government, which no matter what side you vote for, they're going to waste it away. They, that's all they've ever proven to do. Okay. Yep. For a lot of this, they are inefficient. I mean, all, we can go down a whole other thing, right? Yep. Or it's going to be the hands of the people. Who are the people? That's us. Yep. Why? So we can hold people accountable for the money. We can give to the causes we believe in most, right? We can build industry and jobs and all the things that great entrepreneurs and the American spirit does. So that's the bigger vision here. And if people can understand that the deferred sales trust to me is the single most vital strategy to understand and use and implement that's been proven. There's some other ones people call me. They're like, I got a better one. I'm like, well, how long have you been doing it? They're like, two years. I'm like, yeah. call me in 20. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like, if you could, that has the IRS audits, if you get that and we can yeah. apply it, we can help everybody. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. I love that. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, it's the biggest transfer of wealth in history. And you want to make sure that it's not going to the wicked right now. You want to make sure that you're intelligent with your finances and setting your family, your future up for success. So, Brent, I just appreciate it tremendously. This is tons of value. How can people get a hold of you and be able to reach out and get that consultation with you? Absolutely. So capitalgainstaxsolutions.com is kind of the center of everything, but you can yeah. also search Capital Gains Tax Solutions on YouTube. Please subscribe, rate, review, all of that. Bam. Yeah. Check out the new book, Building a Tax Deferred Exit Strategy. Again, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank's in the book. He hasn't like endorsed the DST yet. And he hasn't used it yet, but he at least he's looking at it. He says, Brett, if it's real, or if you know, he's having his team look at it, you're going to become a part of my dream team, right? And so we'll see if that works out. But he's in the book, a couple other really smart people. I got a couple of chapters too. That David Young guy, he's sharing his whole story about you know, overcoming the false beliefs of the DST. So look for that on Amazon. And then you can hit me on Instagram, on LinkedIn, just search Brett Swartz and, uh, and I'll, I'm happy to connect with you there. I love it. Well, I appreciate your time today. This is tremendous amount of knowledge and wealth right here, guys. So make sure you reach out to Brett, schedule that consultation if it's a good fit for you. And and yeah, would love to just connect on a deeper level in the future. Guys, as always, make sure you hit that subscribe button for Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. You'll get the newest notification every single Monday. After listening to a couple episodes, leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love and feedback. I've been getting so much of it lately and just overwhelmed with gratitude on it. So thank you. Keep sharing this out. Tag somebody that needs to see this. And if you want to connect with me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. And if you are looking to really get educated on credit, on the ins and outs and flip the script on the banks, 
to be able to fix credit quickly, but also get as much funding as you deserve to be able to purchase real estate with credit and really grow and scale your companies, then we can help you out with that by going and checking out www.creditcouncilelite.com. That's creditcouncilelite.com. And you guys can watch our webinar on there and we can talk more about it afterwards. But love you guys all so much. We will catch you on the next episode. Brett, appreciate you greatly. And we'll see you guys soon. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.